good afternoon. This is Earl Ray Neal, your host, and welcome to our next edition. Um, I am super excited to have Gary Downey with us today. I am um, really excited because uh, our chief visionary officer, Steve Davis, uh, has has uh, you know you, you you two cross paths some way, and uh, he's just been really excited about um, about having you on, and, uh, and 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 certainly I see why. Um, take you a little bit uh, through Gary's uh, professional educational background. He has a BS in mechanical engineering at Iowa State, a master's of biomedical engineering at the University of Tennessee, uh, registered, uh, a professional engineer registered, and gosh, uh, you have one of the coolest jobs from our perspective. You have one of the coolest jobs ever right now. So Gary, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, and uh, we'll get started with our questions. All right. Well, I uh, I work for the Ergonomics Center, which is part of North Carolina State University, and uh, we're a little bit like an extension service. We we do uh, help out with classes once in a while, but primarily we're external to the university. So we provide consulting and training uh, for companies all around the U.S. and um, we're we do we see a lot of different things it's it's a pretty so what a, cool what job a neat, you know what a neat mixture of being in you know academia and actually being out in the real world i think that yeah. would be the best of all worlds uh, obviously you've been very successful in your career um you, you know you've had a clear focus on you know health and and wellness is is there somebody that's motivated you or led you down you know this career path well i can guarantee that uh, you know, then your next interviewer or anybody you've had hasn't had this backstory. So um, this I can if I look back to kind of where I'm at now and say, how did I get here? Um, it's all thanks to a friend that I had in junior high named John Voss, who invited me to uh, come to a meeting about the swim team. And uh, I went to that meeting and fell in love with swimming. Swimming sort of became a big part of my life and still is. Um, and that eventually took me to, to college and uh, where I, I got to the opportunity to be an assistant swim coach at Iowa State for a little bit. Uh, there I met a, a, um, a, another assistant coach by the name of Tom Gilliu, and uh, he kind of got me hooked on biomechanics and learning about how math and science can uh, interact or can can show the human what the human body is capable of doing and efficiently making us faster stronger better more efficient and uh, that was pretty exciting because i loved swimming and i loved math and so um, you know after after undergrad I, I worked for general motors for a while and uh Kind of, I enjoyed it. I had some good experiences, worked with lots of great people, but I kind of felt like there was more that I wanted to do to help people more directly. So I uh, went back to grad school and uh, with the intent of kind of thinking about biomechanics and kind of heard about ergonomics there, um, eventually hooked up with a professor that uh, was doing some assistive technology work. And so for your audience that might not be familiar with assistive technology, it's essentially um, products, devices that can help folks with disabilities do 
uh, tasks that you and I might take for granted. So uh, things like, you know, activities of daily living, using the computer, um, cooking, opening doors, just being in their house, that sort of thing. So if you think about kind of if ergonomics is like the Olympics, right, assistive technology is a little bit more like the X Games. We're really looking at uh, uh, most of the time an individual person and looking at what capabilities they have, what consistent and reliable and efficient motor responses they have that can help them uh, perform certain tasks. So assistive technology is kind of the interface between the person and the task that they're trying to accomplish. So that's kind of where, where, where I got hooked up and in, in, into, into the field, essentially. So the ergonauts, uh, we recognize that the ergonomic center has, you know, what we think is probably the best programming in the industry, specifically uh, your ergonomics program development course. Wow. So do you. You, do you find that that many people understand the most critical importance of the documented uh, program development? Uh, you know, I, well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you very much for that compliment. Um, I think more and more companies are getting the message, but certainly, you know, we can definitely do better. I, I think um, that uh, kind of our thing is to take the company culture and move it from that reactionary, expert-driven, it's all a safety program, and, and trying to move that into more of an employee-driven, embedded process. Because we found that when the employees are empowered, you know, we see more than just the benefits of, of fewer injuries. We see higher productivity, you know, improved quality, reduced absenteeism, and really higher morale. So those are big selling points when when you get the employees involved in that that ergonomics process or program. A, a lot of times it seems like companies are hesitant to invest in an ergonomic evaluation, for example, which you know we've got the the app to to do now uh, at, at a very affordable cost. It, it's always interesting to me that it, it it's like they you know they they get the force, they can't see the force for the trees. You know, if you'll just invest a little bit of time, effort, energy, and yes, money on the front end, uh, if you have safer, happier employees, they're going to be more productive. And here's the thing I, I feel like they miss on the back end, you know, if they, if you're going to have fewer injuries and that's going to affect, you know, the, the bottom line as it relates to, you know, workers comp and, you know, things of that nature. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me that sometimes they don't see that. Oh yeah, that's 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 very true. And I, I think you know just to kind of go along with that, if you can, it, not only are they more productive, but if you can get them involved in making their jobs better, you know that says a lot about the company. Like, wow, this company really cares for me, cares about me, and wants me to do well. They're not just you know um, taskmasters that are driving me, working me to the bone, and and that sort of thing. But um, there's a really good. I wish I I wish I'd shared this slide with you earlier, but there's a really good um, article out there about looking at the the S and P 500 companies over a, a, you know several decades, and from that subset of the S and P 500, they pulled out um, the I think it's the top 30. Don't quote me on the number, but there's a select few companies who are considered you know, world-class in their safety programs. 
and it shows kind of their stock prices over those um, set couple of decades. And the the safety performer companies way outperform the the entire S and P five hundred. So that kind of graph, that kind of information is definitely something that we need to share more with companies to say, hey, this this is good for your business. So one of the things uh, here at Argonauts that we we invest a lot of our energy in is is get getting this message out that you know we have an aging workforce and you know seventy seven million boomers who reach the retirement age. Uh, roughly at about one every eight seconds, which is almost eleven thousand a day. I didn't um, realize that. Wow, you know, so so wow. if the injuries and and I think it's safe to assume that injuries and illnesses, you know, due to inj uh, to to aging can be you know made you know made worse um, because of, of of the you know the work uh, environment that they find themselves in. Are you finding many professionals that understand this urgency? I mean, that number is shocking even to you. Yeah. Do you do you feel like that we as an industry, uh, you know, find that urgency of ergo designed workspaces? Feel free to use that number, by the way. That's that's Steve. <laughs> I will. Listen, I'm going to steal Steve. that. I'm stealing. I'm that. telling you that Steve <laughs> is all over that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. Do, so. Do, are, do you, yeah, do you think they they find workspace, you know, uh, you know, workspace development for a, the aging workforce is that happening? I think I think it depends on which professionals you're talking about. Certainly, I feel like um, maybe the the you know the the average engineer designer may not be getting that message. Um, maybe to a, a little bit more extent, the safety professional. But I feel like among the ergonomics community. You know, if that's if that's the professionals that we're that we're talking about, um, I think among our little group, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of preaching and and warning and you know sending up the the red flags about this aging workforce that's coming down down the line. Um, so yeah, I can remember for at least the last ten years there have been you know uh, talks on the aging workforce and what we need to consider. So I think. I think or the ergonomists probably have a pretty good feel for it, but maybe not so much outside that little that little pocket. Um, certainly, I, I think you know as as ergonomists or ergonomics professionals, I think we kind of need to keep looking down the road a little bit as well. Um, a lot of the companies that I'm going into, uh, not only is their their workforce aging, but it's hard to find replacements or uh, there's just a shortage of workers out there. And I think that was probably made a little bit worse by the the whole pandemic thing. You know, people maybe have re relooked at where their life is going or want to pursue something different or I don't know, but um, the companies are having a hard time filling those labor shortages. And so those jobs, you know, that, that used to be done by your former NFL linebacker, let's say the, the big, tough, strong person. Now, maybe we got to, try to accomplish that somehow with the smaller or the weaker person. So kind of if we can if we can get people to think about, you know, designing tasks so that the small person can reach something far away or high up or the larger person can can fit, they have plenty of clearance, they're not going to hit their head on stuff or the the weaker person is going to be able to lift and lower and push and pull and carry, you know, that that can really open up the population that is going to be capable of performing that task. And so whether that means they're older or weaker or smaller, um, it doesn't mean necessarily that you 
have to have an NFL linebacker doing that job anymore. If the smaller, weaker, older person is going to be capable of doing that, then I think, you know, the NFL linebacker won't have any issues either. So it's kind of a win-win situation. And even, even with that, as, as we do get, you know, younger people come, and I don't want to sound like an old geezer here, cause I'm starting to feel that way. But um, if we think about the, this younger workforce that's coming in uh, to us, the Gen Z and is it, what is it? Gen Alpha now maybe is kind of I'm, after I'm, that. To be honest with you, I've lost track of all so, that. <laughs> Gen Z and later and, and younger as they're, as they're coming in, they're, they're really interested in a lot more than kind of what maybe you and I or our parents and grandparents were. They they want more than just a paycheck. They're looking at the really that the company's values. Is this a company that, you know, aligns with my values? And part of that is safety culture. So I think if we can if we can help get them involved in, in that safety culture and have a positive safety culture for them, that's great. We're going to retain that talent. If not, they're going to be out of here and on to another job. So I think I think ergonomics can uh, especially participative ergonomics can really accomplish a lot of things, keeping retaining talent, keeping people safer, et cetera. I've been really anxious to ask you this question because of your unique placement in the, in the industry. What, what are you and your colleagues seeing as the next big thing for the ergo profession? And I, I think you're uniquely situated to answer that because as I said earlier, you're both in the, you know, academic, you know, academia and, and, and you're also out, you know, sort of boots on the ground uh, doing ergo work. So, you know, exoskeletons, uh, stuff like our eval software, our app, you know, what what do you see as sort of the next big thing? The next big thing? Well, um, certainly, certainly, you know, um, uh, computer vision software, exoskeletons, wearable sensors, those are all the big things. I I think the the thing that I get most excited about for me and for other professionals is kind of the better data collection methods or devices. So there's lots of wearable sensors out there. There's lots of that computer vision software out there that's you know measuring those angles when when you upload it to the cloud, et cetera. Uh, but they're really they're really in their infancy right now. So it's exciting. It's coming, but they're still still kind of young and learning and refining things. But as, as they become uh, more accurate and less expensive, we'll see a lot better acceptance and use of that. But I still think it's pretty early on kind of in their development. Now, your, your viewers can feel free to, to enlighten me. So send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Gary Downey at NC State University if this already exists, because I'd love to know about it if it does. But what I'd like to see is um, a, a, a sort of a non-intrusive product, whether it's camera-based or something wearable that can be used in kind of an industrial setting without a bunch of wires or, or clunky sensors associated with it that, that can monitor what the worker's hands are doing throughout the course of the day. So um, about within the last probably eight years or so, uh, they've revised the strain index that, that was out there for so long. So we've got this revised strain index. And as part of that, and this is getting kind of down into the weeds, but as part of that, um, there's also a composite strain index and a cumulative strain index. So those two things kind of look at the hands, not just at a single task, but at multiple tasks and then throughout the course of a, a work shift or, or a day. 
And if you look at the math associated with that, as well as the kind of data that you'd need to collect manually, it's super time intensive and pretty hard to ask a customer to pay for that. So if we could automate that, that would be that would be pretty sweet. Um, so that's that's one of the things. And I think the other thing that also I heard about recently that's that I think is just an idea. So again, your users can enlighten me if, if this is different. But um, you know, we've got the 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 augmented reality visors now, right? The like the Apple Vision Pro. Um, and we've got the computer vision software where you take your take your uh, phone and take a video of the task and then upload it to the cloud. Their software does the measure the angles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if we could kind of combine those two so that I can put on my my visor here and watch a task and see those awkward angles, et cetera, in real time, that would be pretty sweet. That would be super beneficial. It's much more efficient. Um, but it's kind of merging those two technologies, I think, would be would be super cool if we could do that in real time. One of the things that you know, we believe is that with the magnitude of the problems that, that we have, there are way too few ergonomic, uh, you know, folks in, in into ergonomics. Yeah. So what would you say to maybe a young person or a class? Uh, because we actually have some professors that watch on a pretty regular occasion and they'll they'll play the the podcast for the class. what what do, what do you have to say to to those those folks that are watching or listening that are considering uh, you know a career in ergonomics? I think um, probably the the thing that I would most strongly recommend if you're on the fence about is this something that's for me? Will I like this? what are what's it like? I think my my best advice is to go to a conference, and um, I'm going to put a shameless plug in here for the Applied Ergonomics Conference. Well, um, you beat usually... me to it. You're going <laughs> to listen, folks. I'm just I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Uh, he's going. He, his center is going to have a booth there. So tell while we're talking about, it, tell us a little bit about that. Go by and see Gary. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yes, please stop by and say hi. Say you. Uh, Say you saw us on the uh, the Atomic Ergo Ergonaut podcast, and and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll see what we can do to to convince you to join the ergonomics field. But um, the the reason I'm suggesting going to a conference, and specifically this one, is because um, this Applied Ergo conference has what it calls the Ergo Cup, and uh, the Ergo Cup is is a little bit show and tell. It's a little bit science fair. Uh, where where companies from all around the U.S. bring in an ergonomics project that they've completed over the last year. Now, some of those are are you know ergonomist driven. They have an ergonomist associated with them, but the majority of them are just done by grassroots employees. And so these are folks that are actually doing the job. They're been empowered to make those changes at their work at their workstation or with a task that they do. And so they are so excited about it. And just love talking about the whole process that they went through and showing you how it works and what it was like before and what it's like now. It's really, it's really super infectious and, and energizing. It's definitely out of out of all the conferences um, that I go to, this is my favorite part of any conference is this Ergo Cup competition. Um, so kind of just jumping back to about the the conference in general, I think 
um, the and I mentioned this before that I think the ergonom the ergonomics community is a pretty small family. And so we we all kind of at least have heard of most of the rest of us if we don't know them directly, but uh, we we all you know um, uh, kind of know who each other are. And and the best part about this little community is that at heart, you know, we're all helpers. We all want to we want to help people. We want to make the job safer. We want to make it more efficient. We want to make it more productive. We want to help them be able to do a job and then and then enjoy their retirement. You know, um, so I think that's a great place to network and talk to people and find out their story, find out what's, what it is that they do on a daily basis. And who knows, maybe you'll even, you know, gain a mentor or something along the way. I know that um, I've, I've had a couple of very, very good mentors in my career that have sort of taken me under their wing. Um, you've interviewed one of them and uh, I, will, I will definitely recommend the other one to you. So um, Gary Orr and, and Mark Heidebrecht have been just okay. great mentors uh, for me and helped me through my career. And I've learned a lot from them. They're kind of, I kind of refer to them as my, my Obi-Wan and my, my Yoda. They're definitely Jedi masters in my book. So when it comes to Ergo. Well, I, I will tell you, you're, you're with, with I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but your reputation in the industry, in that small, you know, in that community that you were talking about, you know, you're, a, you're a, known as a good person and, and brilliant, your love for the, for the industry, it really does oh show God. through. So I see why, you know, I see why Steve was excited about having you on. And I've, I've been uh, privileged to, to talk with you a little bit today. What do you want your legacy to be? What do I want my legacy to be? Um, yeah, in, in, you know, in the, you know, in the industry, in the health, safety, wellness profession, oh. you, you know, when, when they speak of you, what would you like for them, for folks to say? Um, you know, I still feel kind of like I'm learning, so I haven't really thought too much about my legacy, but I, I think um, if you twisted my arm a little bit, I'd probably just want people to, to think of me or, or remember me as being a good helper somebody that they enjoyed being around and that, that helped them. That's, that's kind of why I'm in this, in, in this role is that I enjoy helping people. And um, whether that's, you know, at a, at a specific task and making the task better, or whether it's through education and kind of helping them learn about ergonomics. It, the, one of the, one of the coolest parts about my job is when we, when we do some training for, you know, grassroots employees or, or, helping them to learn what to look for in the job that uh, might need some improvement is kind of seeing that light bulb go off in their head. Like I get it. Now this is why we're doing this. That, that is super rewarding to me. So I, I guess it's, it's the help that I, that I get a big kick out of. So that's hopefully people will remember, remember me that way. So for everybody that uh, shares their time with us, we always give them an opportunity to uh, kind of talk about um, maybe a charity that they're interested in or something of that nature that you'd like to you know, use this as a platform. Uh, do, do you have a, a favorite charity or something that you're interested in that you want our listeners to know about? Uh, well, I, I think for me, um, just the the children's educational programming has has been a huge part of my life. Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of played a role in how I see the world and and what I want the you know my goals to be for things. So support your local public broadcasting channel. You know, PBS.org would be uh, that'd be a great uh, use to to spread out some of that charitable giving. I think. 
Gary, I really appreciate your time today. It's been a it's been a treat. So thank you. Folks, I've enjoyed it. Up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll wrap it up for us this uh this next edition. Um okay, you know, stay in stay in touch, keep following us. Uh, we've got more interviews lined up uh over the next few weeks uh with some exciting uh exciting guests. And, and again, Gary, we we really uh, appreciate you you taking the time to to share your knowledge and your profession uh, passion for the for the profession uh want to remind you if you have any questions comments suggested topics that you would like to um have us cover feel free to leave those in the comments down below don't be surprised uh if ergonaut steve doesn't respond to you personally because uh while we are growing we're still small enough to where he reads everything and uh you know takes into consideration your all's uh expectations and suggestions so uh with that we'll sign off just want to remind you to be kind to each other and i am earl ray neal until next time have a great day